Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo and McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. And every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to get put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor vs. Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars and total prizes throughout the week. Oh my goodness, I've misspoke. It's TBPN. That's promo code TBPN for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. You know, it's been a busy week. Weather's been it's been hot. So, you know. Yeah, like really hot. And I think we're we're getting like severe thunderstorm warnings here in New York for the next week or so. So that should be that should be something. Yeah, it doesn't sound like too much fun. Um, but yeah, big fight this weekend though. Uh, McGregor Poirier, who you got in this one? I mean, you know me, I'm a like huge UFC enthusiast and I know a lot about UFC. So I've thought about this long and hard. Um, I'm going to go with Poirier just because he has like a French sounding name and my name is French sounding. So like, I'm going to go with that, but I, I, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, that's super sound logic right there as to why you'd pick Poirier. Right, I mean, um, right. It's an ta- unbiased approach, I think, too, which yeah. is which is good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, a huge, like, UFC guy. Like, I watch all the fights, but I don't, like, follow it closely to know who's, like, good or not. Um, but I was talking with my cousin, who's a big UFC guy. He he thinks Poirier is going to win this one. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Conor McGregor on this one. The guy's electric, entertaining. Uh, love to watch him fight, so uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with McGregor for that one. But it should be a fun fight, regardless. Yeah, I I would assume so. I, I try and watch some of them. I, I, I mean, it's kind of hit or miss because I never pay for the pay per view. Yeah, like of course. 
I'd only watch if it was like just on at like somebody else's place or I mean because it's also a pain in the ass to find streams because Dana White is really good about kind of controlling that yeah no props to them for for protecting the product making it hard for yeah people to to stream it without the pay-per-view um yeah I don't like I watch when there's like a fighter I know like I'll I'll watch like when it's like a, a big name or like when GSP was fighting, good old Canadian guy, got a, got a, got a root for him. Uh, but yeah, should should be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like in terms of hockey, like not not a ton going on right now. Like we're kind of in that like transition period. Like we obviously have the Stanley Cup final going on still somehow, um, and then obviously coming up, you know, in the near future, we got the draft, we got the expansion draft, so stuff kind of coming but as for stuff right now like there's not there's not much especially for uh for, for panthers fans uh obviously the the kind of big hockey story of the week though was the uh, uh unfortunate death of mattis kivlenix the columbus blue jackets goalie uh who passed away after you know a fireworks incident i mean that was insane. i mean it- it was, wasn't it? Because I woke up Monday morning because it happened on 4th of July. Yeah. Woke up Monday morning and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It's just, it's just, you would never expect to see that, right? Yeah. It, it, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's just an unfortunate accident, really. Like, and <clears throat> so, so tragic. I mean, a goalie like with a with a really bright future too. I mean, we were watching him at the you know the World Championships just just a couple months ago, and he was excellent for for Team Latvia. And for this to happen, I mean, just absolutely devastating, uh, devastating news. Not just for you know him, but just for the entire hockey community. Yeah, and like it happened, and. It kind of got announced Monday morning, and there was at first they were like, "Oh, he slipped, fell on his." Head. Well, the Blue Jackets just said he fell on his head. Yeah. Then I had read on Twitter somebody had said that he got a firework in the head. Then the IIHF came out and said that he slipped, running away from fireworks, and hit his head. And then I think it was the who's the guy who does the athletic for Columbus? Uh, Aaron Port Portzaline, I think. Yeah, whatever. Portal, I, yeah, can't remember great, his great, name. Does good, good, does good work though. Honestly, really good stuff. Really good. One of my, um, my one of my favorites with the. He athletic. was like a corner report, like yeah, yeah, fireworks blast to the chest, and I was just like, whoa! Like it went from, which I was like, well, did Columbus know that? Columbus must have known it involved fireworks they definitely knew that yeah it's one of those things like you, you're kind of just you're waiting for the report as to what happened right yeah and you have all these conflicting things coming out and yeah you know it's horrible just horrible and he was he was so excited to be in in michigan for the summer i think yeah i mean yeah and by all counts i mean everyone you know talking about what a great teammate is what a great person he is um you know coming up as an undrafted goalie yeah and just awful awful news it's it's horrible and i mean i 
I, I feel for, for his family and just the whole community. And that I was reading that the jackets are trying to like plan his funeral. Yeah. And like his mom speaks literally not a single word of English. And it's just, it's an entire process right now. It's not easy. Yeah. It's yeah. It's really, really awful. Um, you know, thing to happen. And I mean, you know, fireworks, you know, as much fun as they are, like they can be dangerous. We saw it with the JPP and the NFL years yeah. ago. Right. It blew you know? off like a finger. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, really, really unfortunate. It, um, it really is. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it was legal in the state of Michigan. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it like hope I, I'm just trying to think like insurance wise, hopefully they can, they'll be able to claim something. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I was glad to hear that. Like there was nothing. No, it seemed like no one was doing anything wrong. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. There was, it, you know, which, you know, as bad as it is, you know, we, there is that. Um, but yeah, just, just awful. Um, awful news, awful news. And yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, he, he was, yeah. Yeah. Just so, so, so sad. But yeah, I mean that like, yeah, so that was, that was kind of the, the whole big story this week, the NHL and then um, Montreal staving off elimination the next day, Josh Anderson, former teammate of Kivlenix getting, you know, the game winning goal in overtime. Um, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> what are your thoughts been on this, the series so far? You're, you know, a Quebec guy. Pretty one-sided. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a little one-sided, and Montreal Bowley should not have won that game four, but somehow the hockey gods were shining on them, and they, they got the job done. I mean, Kucherov literally missed a tap-in birdie yeah. to win the game. Yeah, like I think almost anyone could have put that in and just Kucherov couldn't bury it. Perhaps he's still hurt recovering from his – he probably Dev- is devastating injury that cost him the entire regular season. Yeah. Um, and so. <laughs> one thing that pisses me off is that like a lot of people on Twitter, are like, Oh, like any team could have done this. You know, any team could have used the loophole that Tampa used. Yeah. But the reality is that not every team had a $9 million superstar that needed hip surgery. Yeah, and they definitely and they delayed the surgery so that the timing would work out. And like, it's one of those things like like credit for Danville for being able to, yes, put together a team competent enough that they could go that far with, you know, some key players on IR. Like that is full credit to them. And, you know, we've mentioned it before. Like I don't think anyone's like personally like mad at Tampa. Like the the loophole exists, right? Like I'm not you're not mad at the team, you're mad that the rule's there and that they're allowed to do that. Not so much that them. Honestly, I'm I'm mad at kind of them not getting recognition for it. Because we talked about this. Breezeball probably should have been in the finalists for the Jim Gregory just for that. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I still think Bill Zito should have taken it home. Obviously. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's – yeah, it's brilliant by them. Like, credit where credit's due as much as, you know, we, we, we hate Tampa. You know, they, they, they played within the rules. The rules are just dumb. They, they really are. And I, I don't think the argument that any team could have done it is very valid because 
not every team has a Kucherov, let alone a Kucherov who's willing to yeah. miss an entire season. Yeah, and and like people bring up like yeah, like there there are a lot of teams that go over the cap in the playoffs, and teams have done it before. The Blackhawks did it when they won their third cup with uh, <laughs> they brought in Antoine Vermet because uh, when Chicago is playing Florida, Patrick Kane was injured. Yeah, Petrovic uh, broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. But was that know, the third one? What? That was the third one. I think so. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, I always forget to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I think it was because it was against Tampa in the final, and it's like, yeah, like teams have gone over like a little bit, you know, five mil, four mil, eighteen mil, bit much, bit much. Yeah, I mean, it's and, arguably it's it's well, it's factually it's tw- over twenty percent of the salary cap. Yeah. Like that's well, and I saw because like you know a lot of people are like, all right, like what what do we do about this? Like, what changes do you make to make sure this doesn't happen? And the one thing I saw that I liked was I think it was Pierre LeBron. I could be giving credit to the wrong person here, but saying keeping it intact the way it is, but saying that you're not allowed to dress over the salary cap in a game. Well, that, that that's what I think it should be, which I think is fair. I think that in that rule only comes into place if you're over the salary cap. And I think it's, you shouldn't be allowed to go over the salary cap in the regular season at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And if you are in the, in the, in the playoffs, just by this stupid loophole that, well, it wouldn't make it just so much easier if you said that at no time, can you dress a team that is over the salary cap? Yeah, and, and then and then you're fine, right? And I think everyone's like fine with that. But now, like you're watching Tampa play, and you're watching their power play just go to work against Montreal, and it's like, wow, like their power play looks fantastic. And it's like, of course it does. There's 55 million dollars on the ice. They better be good. You have over half yeah. your salary cap out there. Yeah. Rough estimate on the math, I'd. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the NHL has to do something. It it, it feels like. To me, it feels like they will. Yeah. I don't know when the next GM. Uh, well, and is. then like we had a uh, the first uh, the intermission in the the last game, game four, uh, and Ron McLean doing his interview with Gary Bettman, and you know seemed like they avoided some pretty key topics that could have been brought up, you know, i.e., what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks and also the salary cap, which I think are two very big stories and that, uh, you know, people in the hockey community care about. Um, and all we got instead was Gary Bettman once again, claiming that the NHL's officials are doing a phenomenal job, which, I mean, I'm not sure if Gary watched that first period, but no, no, just not true. I mean, like 10 seconds in Tyler Johnson had a breakaway and got yeah. like pulled down by the head. And I was like, all right, cool. So we're still doing this. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I would probably have to disagree with the statement that the NHL refs are the best officials in sport. I mean, I, I will say, like, they have, like, it is probably one of the hardest sports to officiate. I mean, but you look at the big four, and, like, officiating's been just, like, there's always, like, a big thing about the officiating. I'd, argue, I'd say that probably NBA is the one that looks the best especially because they do that like the post game like report 
Yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, where they're like, yeah. all right, they missed this foul. Yeah, ends ends left, right? Like they're willing to admit their mistakes. Kudos to them. But like, like hockey's just it's a fast physical sport. Like I get, like it, it, you're gonna miss stuff. It's not like baseball where it's like very stagnant. And even in baseball, but baseball like comes down to like just like split second decisions that the refs are supposed to do. They do mostly nothing and then are like expected to do, to make calls on like some pretty like fast plays. Yeah. And like, uh, there's the thing, like all sports hard to officiate, right? Like that's just the reality of sports. They're hard to officiate. It's a tough job for the officials, but the, the NHL is not even giving their officials the correct tools to do their job properly. Right. They're not. Well, it's like you look at soccer, right? And we got the Euros going on right now. England playing later today, um, which our friend of the show, Jacob Barker, very excited about. But I mean, I don't want to like get out of hand, but England to me is like the Maple Leafs of soccer. Yes. It seems like Denmark has this game like already wrapped up, if you ask me. But I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things like, are England the Leafs, right? And are the Leafs the Yankees? Yes. And are the Yankees like the Lakers? Yes. Not the Yankees, the Cowboys. That's a different sport. But, like, not the Yankees, though. Yeah, and who, who would it be in baseball? The, the, like, the, the rich team that everyone else doesn't like. I would have said the Dodgers. Because at least the Yankees have been, like, have won, like, a lot. Yeah, sure. But like, the Dodgers won last year. Anyways. Yeah, so there we go. So the Leafs have won what? Nothing? Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, picture a team that, like, I, I always try and picture, like, a team that just chokes. Yeah, I'm trying to picture, like, the most hated team in the league by every other team. Yeah, I mean, so in football, I think it's Dallas. Easily. It's Dallas, without a doubt. In soccer, it's England. In club play, it's Man United. Without a doubt. That's perfect. Right. So that fits to a T. Leafs are the Leafs. They're going to leave. Right. Right. And so, anyway, so, but like the Euros, like, you know, you know, that was like a big issue. Like you go back to like the 2010 World Cup, you know, calls missed all over the place. Right. So what do they do? They add VAR, right? Doesn't really slow the game down that much. And they get the calls pretty much always right. And I think everyone's like pretty, yeah, content with that. And it's like, like as an example, like in that game, in game four, when Weber took that four minute high sticking penalty at the end. Yeah. I was fuming because they stopped the play for the injury and then went to the replay to assess the penalty. They're allowed to do that. But remember when Corey Perry got the high stick from Marcia so in the conference final? Yeah, no, it's, it's up to the discretion and, of the refs. Which it, like, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Make it objective, not subjective. Like, if you make it subjective, you're asking for your officials to get criticized. Yeah, it's just, it's it's an absolute nightmare. We, it's like 90% of what this podcast is, is just shredding the officials. Literally. Right, at this point. But it's like, yeah, like, they, like again, it's very, very hard. But, like, they still manage to not even, like, meet the bare minimum consistently. Right. It's it's bad. It's really bad, and I think the linesmen do a good job. I think it's really just the referees. Yeah, and well, I mean the linesmen too. Like if you miss an offside, like they'll challenge it. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of incentivizes uh, 
ref, uh, linesmen to just kind of let the play go. Yeah, where it's just like, hey, like because we'll, we'll, you know, you know, the right call is going to happen no matter what. Yeah, and I think like, I think like the realistic. I'd love for the league to do something similar, like they do in other sports, where it's like anything significant in like the last like five minutes or two minutes of a game, you automatically review. Right. Yeah. If you have any doubts as an official, whether there was a penalty, you review it and you stop with this game management bullshit that they do now. I like, that. like the NBA always go to video review to see who, who actually hit the ball out of play. Yeah. Like just stuff like that could be a lot better. But actually, I, I learned this recently in the NBA. It's not necessarily the last guy who touches it. It's who makes it go out. Or is it the last guy who touches it? I think it's the last guy who touches it. Oh, like, okay. I'm like almost 100% so maybe, sure. Yeah, I'm like again, almost 100% I, I, you know, sure I, I, I heard I, something wrong. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't play basketball. Like I was the last cut on my high school basketball team. Not a big deal. Not a yeah, Last guy cut. Almost made it. Almost made it. So close. Really How actually sad when you consider like I'm quite tall. How many people tried out and didn't make it? Two people got cut, okay? And so it was me and this other kid who was maybe like 5'1". So I think it says a lot about my abilities and how non-existent they are on the basketball court. But I actually, yeah, I played middle school basketball for a year. Scored one basket all year. Nice. Still remember that basket. Unreal. 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 Unreal basket. But yeah, like, yeah, the officiating needs to be way better, but it's just like, it's one of those things too, like everyone hates it. But then like you hear like Gary Batman. Say it's like not an issue. It's like, hey, they're not even like gonna attempt to like. No, that's what that's what's so frustrating. Like because when he had his, uh, he had the press conference prior to the finals, right? And again, said you know best officials in sports, right? And it's like if he had just come out and said, look, like our officials, like if he had just come out and said, like, hey, like it's a very very tough job. Our officials do the best they can. They're not gonna get everything right though, right? That's just the nature of the sport. I think everyone Mm -hmm. like everyone like is like fine with that. Right. Because he can't like openly like shred the referees. Cause that's a $5,000 fine or $25,000 fine. You can't do it. Yeah. I'm trying. How much did Bruce Cassidy get? I think it was 25,000. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So yeah. But like, and it, it it's so weird because uh, obviously we're watching the euros a lot and in the euros, like players can literally go up to the referee after a foul yell in his face. Yeah. Complain. And nothing happens. Yeah, unless they get like incredibly, like you know. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen. I haven't seen in the Euros. I've seen it. Not in the Euros. uh, Yeah, I've seen it like club games, like Champions League and stuff. But yeah, like yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. But what are you gonna do? Um, But yeah, last thing, uh, you know, because we're we're trying to do a short episode today, because you know, again, Euros are on and like. 22 minutes i still haven't eaten lunch yet or breakfast but uh, a couple episodes ago we were talking about the nhl awards and how the panthers were absolutely snubbed which is just not even up for debate at this point Mm -hmm. but we were talking about how you know in other leagues they have a most improved player award right and like in basketball and you were talking about the idea of perhaps doing that in the nhl um and so i was looking doing my, you know, incredible research here to try and figure out, okay, you got this like most improved player award. 
who do you name it after, right? And it, w- it was very, very tricky. And I didn't put that much work into it, to be honest, but like I did a little bit. And, you know, there's a couple of good candidates that are currently playing right now, like Brad that's, Marchand. That's a problem, yeah. Right, but you can't do it. You can't even award after a player currently playing. But like Brad Marchand got like way better. Blake Wheeler got way better, right? I there feel are- like Brad Marchand was all like right after the, the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like a coming out party for him, I think. Like he was, like mm. he was, he was on the the right. He was getting better and better, but that was like when he really took off. Um, and so I was looking around. I didn't. I don't know if you have any suggestions for names. I had, I came up with two names, right? Two names only. Um, and tricky because like you're talking about like who's gotten better over their career, and it was like there are a couple guys where it's like, oh, like they were kind of like disrespected in their draft year, right? Maybe they didn't get drafted. Maybe they got drafted late and then became a superstar, which is not like necessarily like most improved. Like they, you know, it's just like they, they showed up and were good right from day one, but they just weren't highly touted going into the league. Right? And I feel like a, an important aspect of it is that it has to be someone who maintains that improvement level in the next seasons. Yeah. It has to be like yeah. Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon had an amazing like improvement season when he went to Edmonton. But yes. obviously he's not really been able to maintain that level of production. Yeah, I mean, without Connor McDavid, yes, his points did drop just a smidge. Exactly. Right. Um, and then but like going back, like like guys drafted late, there's a lot of good candidates there, right? Like there's been a lot of late draft picks that have been very, very good, like Pavel Datsuk. Henrik Zetterberg, right? There, there's some guys there um, that were kind of my initial. Those were those were some of the guys I looked at, but I wasn't, you know, it just I wasn't convinced. You know, I wasn't convinced. Um, and so then I came up with two names, is what I got here for you. I want to know what your thoughts are. Um, we'll start with the smaller of the two, both literally and figuratively. The Marty St. Louis Award. Undrafted, his first season in Calgary. Um, we played 13 games. Next year, played 56, 18 points. Um, and then he went 40 points, 35 points, and then he hit 70 points, and then 94 the year after. Yeah. I mean, especially for that, from between that 02 and uh, 0102 and 0203 season, I think. You, you that's can, the that's the one. Well, the, the it hurts him that he only played fifty three games with them. I the know because then it's like yeah, he it, was on pace for a good number. Yeah, he was probably on pace for like fifty points, right? So that like that one was tricky. He's, he's undrafted, and then I I I like this one though. Yeah, because the thing is, like, I also want to players where it's like there's a lot of players who like get traded and get way better when they're in their new you know with their new team. The Sam right. Bennett regular season award, yes. Exactly, right? And so, like, but he, he did play a full year in Tampa with at, at a 40-point pace, right? And then 35 and 53 games, but then 70 and then 94. Those are some big, big leaps there. Huge numbers. Right? So that was that was one guy. Now, the other guy, I don't know, you know, it's, it's old. It's going way, way back, right? So it might not be the best choice for this award right before we 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 move on from marty st louis um 
kind of cool that he and Dominic Ducharme played college hockey together. They were on the same team at University of Vermont. Hmm. Uh, so just a little little factoid. Um, Dominic well, fun fact. No, fun factoid relating to, you know, back to Stanley Cup Finals. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was one. This one, it's more like, I think this just this is just a player who there there should be an award named after, um, and there isn't one, and it's a guy who, in his first NHL season, fifty eight games, twenty two points, right, and then he was forty four points in sixty games, and then he was pretty much a point per game player or better, following year, and then pretty much a point per game player for like, the next twenty years. So I was thinking the Gordy Howe Most Improved Player Award. Who that could be good. First of all, that he should there should just be an award named after him. Yeah. Right. Seems it's Mr. Hockey, right? And so I was thinking along those lines, like it's a big name, right? And he kind of you know he wasn't like a highly touted guy. You know, he's coming out of Saskatchewan, not drafted, trying out for teams. But you know, this is a ways back. This is nineteen forties, right? But those those were kind of my two, the two got names I came up with. I could probably figure out something better if I put in more effort, but I didn't. So that's what we got. So sorry about that. But my next, I mean, question, I didn't come up with anybody. Well, you weren't supposed to. This was like my whole like thing. But yeah, my next question though, last thing before we end this off, let's say we have this award, most improved player award. Who wins it this year? Didn't make my research for that either. Um, very much realized, yeah, I'm just kind of throwing this on you. Hmm. Um, I, I came up with a list. You could, I, I, so if I wanted to go Panthers, I mean, Carter Verhage, guy like Carter Verhage. Well, uh, the but he first, didn't really have a full NHL season, did he? Carter Verhage, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Um, just so uh, we can. Chandler Stevenson for Vegas. Yeah, Chandler Stevenson's a good one, but I think he had a pretty decent last year, too. Nakash, who I know you love. But Nakosh. was he a rookie? No, he wasn't. No, he's not. He's a second year player. Um, yeah. We, what did we say the cutoff we were going to do for like most improved players? We said like 50 games, right? Something like that, yeah. Okay, well, Verhege played 52 last year. Yeah, so, I mean, Verhege, I think, would be a really good candidate. Right, and he almost like tripled his point total in like nine fewer games. Very yeah. impressive. So he would be up there. I think another Panthers player you could put in the mix would be Mackenzie Wieger. Yeah, or even, I mean, arguably you could even extend it to Aaron Ekblad. Yeah, but like realistically, the entire team, like Gustav Forslund could be in there too. A lot of good candidates there. I had Marty Nikash, uh, who is like one of my favorite players, um, just because I don't know why. But he he was a name I had as a, as a candidate uh, for for most improved. Um, I had Verhage, I had Uyghur. Um Another, you know, another name I had. Uh, floating around was uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, who, you know, he's been kind of trending up, you know, for a few years, and he got a lot of buzz after uh, a big World Juniors 
uh, many years ago. But he, he had a – I, I really – go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, a really easy one would be Adam Fox. Adam Fox is one where it's like, he, yes, he won the Norris this year, but I also thought he was very, very good last year too. That's true. That's right. True. So like, I don't know if he, like, I think he kind of just came to the league and was very good and then just got better to his credit, but he was already very, very good. Um, I got a couple more names here. Um, yeah, like I'd be willing to put money on like Jason Robertson winning like most improved player next year. All right. Book it. Um, like, and, like, just because he played only half a season with Dallas and he's going to have matured a lot next year. True. He just has such I a feel good like, year I feel like year. it's just, it's an easy, like, bet to make. I just, I don't know if he, like I, that. I don't know if he can be, like, That's that, the problem. Right? Um, it would feel, it would feel like Adam Fox in the same, same categories. They came in very good. Yeah. Um, another name I got here. I got two more. Um, I had Darnell Nurse in Edmonton. Absolutely. Um, last year, 33 points in 71 games. This year, 36 and 56. Um, his plus minus, plus 27. Um, maybe a bit misleading because he's not that good defensively, but, you know, credit where credit is due. We had a great year. Um, and I think it's the biggest step he's taken. And then the last name, who it's a bit tricky because he missed some games, but Rope Hints. You love Rope Hens. I do for for legitimate reasons. Last year, thirty three. Last year, thirty three points in sixty games. If my math is correct, that is slightly above zero point five points per game. Your math is correct. This year, forty three points in forty one games. Now, if my math is correct, that's just above a point per game. And he was he was amazing in the bubble last year. Yeah. Yeah, like last year in the bubble, he was phenomenal. I think a lot of people, he turned a lot of heads with with his bubble play. And then this year, he just, you know, he, again, he missed some time. but And it seemed like he was still, you know, kind of, even when he was playing, there's a couple nights where, you know, he looked like he was still banged up. But point per, going from half a point per game to a point per game, very, very impressive um, growth. Um, so I think, I think, you know, if I was, was going to, if I was voting on this award, my ballot is probably hints number one, Verhage two, Nurse, Uyghur, Nikash. Yeah. Tricky. It's tricky. Um, Very tricky. Yeah. But yeah, well, like I was, I was doing like, yeah, I was looking up guys for this award and like, Quite a few candidates, right? But then also, yeah, I, like I want to wait till next year too because some of that might have just been the fact that they were playing in their division all season for some of those guys. That's true. There's there's a lot of variables that go into kind of evaluating how this season went. Yeah, like I would bet quite a few of these guys take a step back, right? I think you know Weger might take a step back, not because he gets worse, just because Ekblad's back and mm-hmm. he, he takes on more of the load. Um. So I could see that as being, you know, the case of the couple guys, Bjork Strand, obviously Columbus on pace to be not a very good team next year. Um, so we will see, but yes, that is, that is the follow-up to our, you know, awards episode. 
Um, those are my suggestions for most improved player and who the award should be named after, but would love to hear thoughts from some of our listeners as to who they think was the most improved player this season, minimum 50 games played prior to the season. Um, so love to hear from all you, but that concludes this episode of the podcast. We are going to be back on Monday where we begin our expansion draft uh, episodes. We're going to do three episodes going through every team for the expansion draft, talking about who we're going to take. We might get some more guests on to go through this with us. So we're going to do three, three episodes, about 10 teams per episode. We'll go through it, have some fun, maybe some drinks. Should be a good time. Um, but yeah, that does it for this one. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back on Monday and we hope to, to see you all then. Barkov looking to get a step on.